Hi, I'm Tom Smith, and this is Alpine Hopper. South Tyrol for everyone. So, before we get down to the nitty-gritty of my thoughts and opinions on life here, and my recommendations on what to do and what to see, let's have a look at some of the things which are new. Firstly, let's have a small comment on the summer here, or should I say the summer which came and went and seems to be in the process of coming back, but the rain yesterday kind of argued against that. But let's hope the sunshine today will remain. Anywho, moving on to some more concrete news. Right now there's a really nice exhibition, or should I say event, taking place every Tuesday night all through the summer. So that's July and August, um, up at the Mesna Mountain Museum um, in Fermia, which is just above Bozen. And there, Reinhold Messner, pretty much the most badass climber ever, first man to ascend Everest uh, without oxygen, alone, um, has written so many books, has climbed so many other huge mountains. And yeah, this hero, basically, in that, in that milieu, he will be giving talks by a fireside, so telling stories from his life and answering the audience's questions um, should be a great thing, uh, not just for people in the milieu, as I said, not just for climbers and climbing fans, but just for anyone who likes a good story and tales of adventure and can maybe ask a thing or two. Secondly, just past um, was the local festival, Rock am Ring, so Rock am Ring, uh, <laughs> anglicized, um, which is on the mountain known as Renon in Italian or written in German. So this is the house mountain, so to speak, above Bozen, um, easily reached by the cable car near the train station. And there, there was a huge array of local artists, as the name would suggest, uh, quite a lot of rock involved, but um, as far as I'm aware, uh, other genres are involved too, and there's something for everyone, quite a nice mix of locals and foreigners and a nice vibrant crowd. Um, and that's a big thing which happens every year, so look out for that in the future. Now, let's move on to our focus this week, and for this first flagship episode, I thought I would focus on really the heart of South Tyrol, or in any case, the bureaucratic governmental heart of South Tyrol, that is Bozen, or in Italian, Bolzano. It is my adoptive hometown, that's where I'm living right now, um, through life choices, but I'm also happily here. And I think it's a good place to start. It's probably the place that many people will start when they arrive in South Tyrol. So let's give it a look over. Um, firstly, what you need to know about Bolzano is that it's split into roughly two halves. Um, arguably, there's more parts than that, but we'll stick with the two halves, nicely segmented by a river or two. So on the northeastern side of the city, there is the smaller, older, well, old town, the Altstadt, this, this old sort of medieval, quite alpine Germanic town um, full of winding streets, lots of these covered arcades um, called the Lauben or Portici in Italian, if I'm not incorrect. And um, here you'll find lots of uh, shops, many sort of local names of families who still own shops there, and some larger names and brands too, which 
some people tell me are becoming uh, increasingly uh, prevalent and perhaps edging some of the local businesses out of town. But I don't know if that's something I've not looked into too much, but it seems to be a global paradigm and it wouldn't surprise me. In any case, um, taking a walk through these streets and under these arcades is a very, very nice experience. So in winter, it's perfect with these arcades because the snow stays on the street outside. Um, you can walk along in relative safety without fear of slipping, although it can get a bit uh, covered in the melted snow of people's boots, obviously. And in summer, they have this nice sort of shading function. So uh, even on the hottest days, it's relatively bearable to walk along them um, on your way to get an ice cream or to buy a new pair of swimming shorts. So moving away from the shopping, uh, if you go into the other side of town, so crossing the Talferbrücke, so this Talfer bridge, this Talvera bridge, this uh, Ponte Talvera, you will first of all be greeted on either side by some lovely uh, parkland. Um, this is the so-called Talverwiesen, these sorts of meadows, uh, city city center meadows surrounding the river, where people in summer love to sit and sunbathe. And um, at school lunch times, the students like to go there and. Uh, eat for lunch and uh, smoke and things like that. And uh, there's always a nice vibe there. Um, maybe not so much at night when a sort of younger, more uh, drunker crowd hits the area, but uh, depending on what you're into, you should check it out. Um, so when you cross all that on this uh, nice bridge, um, halfway across, you'll, you'll see this nascent field of padlocks hanging from the bridge, representing the, the affections of couples who've stopped there and uh, decided that's a good place to cement their love and show it to the world for eternity, or whatever it's supposed to represent. Um, when you cr- cross this bridge, passing this little uh, area of padlocks, you'll immediately be greeted by a large sort of arch, very Arc de Triomphe-like, a huge fascist construction from the Mussolini era, which has a very checkered past in that it should have been destroyed at least once. I know for sure, possibly more than once. It's been flying around for decades and decades between various politicians, been used so many times in election campaigns um, as more pro-German regional South Tyrolean politicians have wanted to get rid of it as a sign of oppression. But now there's more of a movement wanting to preserve it in this sort of idea of um, Vergangenheitsbewältigung, this sort of German post-war idea of facing the horrors of the past and learning from them. Um, but in any case, it is quite impressive. It looks, it sticks out a bit. It doesn't quite fit into the sort of old town aesthetic. However, it isn't in the old town. It is just across the bridge at the start of this new town, this fascist town, if you want to be cynical, or simply the more Italian part of Bozen. And it's the more Italian part of Bozen because this is where many of the interwar, during the war and post-war immigrants from the rest of Italy ended up settling and the style of the building is definitely from that time. These buildings, they have this sort of terracotta color, and they have their own actual um, uh, arcades. They're sort of fascist mirror of the old town, um, but these arcades are much grander, much more sort of functional and pragmatic. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen the more fascist areas of Rome and other cities, you can imagine what it's like here. This is a very sort of typical first half of the 20th century Italian town, really, and it stands in stark contrast with the other side of a river and the old town.
So, there were parts of town, yet they both form this one whole. Bozen isn't just a German town, in fact it is a majority Italian town, uh, mostly because of the aforementioned uh, immigration. And quite interesting, and as a first highlight, I would like to mention the Museum of Modern, or should I say Contemporary Art, the Museon. Um, This stands just on the old town bank of the river Talvera, and it looks over like a large square funnel, and into this funnel flow two bridges. One bridge is a footbridge, the other bridge is a cycle bridge, and these bridges are very wavy, and they flow into this funnel so that if you're standing on the Italian side, you feel like you and the bridges are being funneled in and flowing towards this old town, this heart of Bodson, and it's trying to include you, and and that seems like something the architect did on purpose and wished to convey. Um, so moving on to other highlights, um, one thing I wouldn't recommend in summer is the archaeological museum in the museum street. You can't miss it. Every tourist passes it. This is where Utzi, the, the Iceman, is, his remains, and the whole story around him, the whole story around the archaeological, historical, and to some extent geological history of the area. And it is interesting, but in summer, the queues alone are enough to make it really not worth it, unless you're here for an extended amount of time. Over times of year, it definitely is worth a look, and it's very well made. Um, The English parts are um, immaculate, and the German and the Italian in any case. Um, However, there are alternatives. These alternatives maybe aren't so historical, but they're... Very fun and cultural. First, I can recommend the theatre, this Stadttheater, the, this this central huge white building between the this river area and uh, the train station. And it is a very nice building, first of all, and second of all, it has very nice presentations. It has a huge a variety of more mainstream, let's say more expensive, uh, operatic and orchestral performances. And then in the, for example, basement, smaller room, they have lots of one-man shows and smaller dramatic performances. If you're not so much into theatre, there is very lovely independent cinema um, in the amongst all the streets where the arcades are and the Lauben, etc. And this is the film club, so Capital is the big sign outside. I think that's the name of the linked restaurant, which is also supposed to be nice. Um, but the cinema itself has a nice variety of um, films, uh, often translated, or should I say uh, dubbed into Italian and German. When I say often, I mean almost always. So if you are not comfortable in these languages, or it's a film which really needs you to pay attention to the uh, words of the actors, I would not recommend it um, for a non-Italian or German speaker, but my uh, gripes with their uh, dubbing will be something that I will probably uh, touch upon in a later episode. So, that's the more cultural side of things, um, but part of culture in Italy is obviously eating, um, is, uh, as silly as it sounds. But yeah, food is important, and you're definitely in the right place if you come to Seftarol. Um Why? Well, because you're on this amazing border, this sort of olive oil butter border, some people call it, this wine beer border, this border between north and south. This this European fracture line between the more Germanic nations and the more Latin nations. 
And it's exactly here that you can have a fantastic German meat dish and let's say some sort of beef goulash with these knödel, these sort of large breadcrumb dumplings and with pieces of ham and chives and things in them. You can have that followed by the most amazing tiramisu and coffee, which actually tastes good and is affordable, as opposed to some other Germanic nations, not naming names, Austria. And it is really a pleasure to try the different types of food here, especially in the parts of town where there are more immigrants from the south, meaning and there are fantastic pizzas and uh, fish dishes. Um, there are some great ice cream places, um, Avalon on the Italian uh, side of town, and the Freiheitsstraße um, has received a lot of attention as one of the best ice cream places in the region, if not country. I like it. Um, perhaps that title is a bit exaggerated, but it really is good. Um, secondly, there is a huge range of places to get some drinks. So aside from food and good food and good coffee, there is also a nice range of local wines and something we'll probably talk about more in future episodes focusing on more rural areas. The wines from these rural vineyards around boats and around South Tyrol really are exceptional. And there's also a great beer culture here. It's something which they need to work on, but it seems they are improving. And I can only highly recommend the two properties, um, the Hopfen Co. and Batzenhäusel, which both sell this sort of Bozner beer, this, this brewed on the premises local beer, which is, I guess, a... South Tyrolean version of the whole Craftdale movement, which has swept the USA and arrived in Britain and Australia, etc. And the English-speaking world is being picked up on in mainland Europe, places like the Netherlands and some parts of Germany. And yeah, it seems to have reached here. It's something which they definitely, definitely need to develop further. But for beer connoisseurs or just people who aren't satisfied with watery uh, mass-produced pills or lager, then yeah... These places can really satisfy your thirst and they have great atmosphere and although the price is perhaps high by many standards, it's no higher than British or Irish prices. Um, on to our final segment and this is where I give you a thought for the day. And this is something which maybe affects, on the face of it, uh, locals and residents a lot more. Um, and being a resident, that's probably why it came to mind. However, it is something which affects anyone, especially on a hot day when you're looking for a drink. You don't really want to sit down in a restaurant or cafe and fork out the money for a glass of mixed cola syrup with water. You don't really want to stop at a food stand and pay a little premium on, on top of a, a bottle of water or a Coke from there. No, you, you look for a supermarket. Okay, so you're in the center of boats and you're looking for a supermarket. You will only find supermarkets with the suffix SPAR. So SPAR, an international brand. Here, there's a variety of different chains related, sort of these sub-chains of SPAR. There's this SPAR, there's InterSPAR. And um, really, they're all, although not the same, very similar. They're all franchised from the same central company, the SPAR company, and... They are quite good supermarkets. I mean, they're definitely in the top half of supermarkets I've 
ever used and been to in all countries. However, they are the only supermarket you can find in the center of Bozen. Okay, okay, people are going to possibly name some exceptions, but I defy anyone to try to persuade me that Spar does not have a semi or at least de facto monopoly in the center of Bozen. As I said, it's not a bad shop. Um, I would just like some choice. And sometimes their own versions of things are quite good. Sometimes they're not so good. Sometimes they carry some good options, especially in terms of types of past and things. However, sometimes other things aren't so good. Their selection of coffee is woeful. Their selection of beer is even more woeful. And these are areas where they're fairly uniform and there really isn't so much choice. So my thought for the day is... Executives of Spar, let up a bit, maybe uh, break down the business, uh, let a competitor construct a competitor with more sort of selection in different areas, better beer and coffee, please, if you're taking any suggestions. And yeah, people of Boatson and tourists of Boatson, when you come here, uh, make sure you express these thoughts, uh, support me, tell people, say I want some more choice, and who knows, maybe maybe our few ripples of mumbles and grumbles will um, will eventually, whether through direct reaction or not, lead to some more diversity in our shopping choices. Okay, so that's all for this episode. I hope you'll drop by next time, and whether you're a tourist, resident, or generally interested, enjoy your South Tyrolean experience. If you want to send me any thoughts, requests, or cute goat pictures, send them over to alpinehopper at gmail.com or on Twitter at alpinehopper. Credits go to Ben Bonken at Freesound for the cow mooing. The intro music is sampled from Ryan Samba's traditional Bavarian folk music 2 at Freesound. The trumpet for the news is from Harbour 11 at Freesound. The news theme is sampled from Masson's Alpine at Soundcloud. The opinion backing track is sampled from Ghost's Reverie at CC Mixter. The outro jingle is sampled from Calling Sister Midnight's The Cold Wood Stove Blues, the New Orleans mix, at CC Mixter. And, as a wee disclaimer, any opinions and value judgments expressed in this podcast are solely those of myself, Tom Smith.